Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I had lunch recently with an eminent writer and historian, a writer of books and a supporter of photography. We discussed the need for an exhibition of photography titled Photography Now. His title, not mine, but my idea. We discussed themes, and this discussion led me to think about where we are today with photography. How many times have you heard a grizzled, dyed-in-the-wool, battle-scarred photographer refer back to the halcyon days of their career? The good old days, with a small nostalgic tear in their eye. Those days when commissions rained down like a tropical storm, when budgets were as plump and rich as a good red wine, when expenses were as flexible as Stretch Armstrong. I was working during those days with photographers, setting budgets, giving commissions and checking submitted expenses. And I can tell you that they were not quite as are being remembered. I started working on Elle magazine in the UK on the 6th of January 1985. And I can confirm that photographers working for the magazine got a good deal. Creative freedom, no rights grabs, good budgets and a day rate of £750 a day. That's a good fee today, but it was a very good fee then. The 1990s saw the beginning of budget cuts and accountant interference in how a magazine was run. Economic turmoil combined with desktop publishing brought the coin counters into the art departments. They thought design was easy. Photography was to fill boxes and therefore both should be cheap and easy. I spent the next 10 years at Condé Nast fighting on the photographer's behalf concerning fees, budgets and creativity. But as life became more expensive, income started to lag behind for photographers used to a good life. Fast forward to the digital revolution, which I pinned firmly onto 2006 and the launch of the original Canon 5D. And we find the client no longer willing to pay for film and processing or wait for a lab to process, print and deliver their commission on a bike they would pay for. It has been 16 years since I worked with Analog for a client. Were those the good old days? Since then, fees have stagnated or dropped, budgets have been restricted or disappeared. Clients need everything immediately, and the opportunity for creative risk has been replaced with a desire for conformity. Despite all of this, I am sure that some photographers will look back at this time as their own good times. Many of you hearing this potted history of commissioned photography may find this hard to believe, but experience suggests to me that this is the case. We are nostalgic for many things in our lives. It's a human condition, something we cannot escape, particularly as we get older. However, such nostalgia can be destructive if not recognised as memories rather than realities. The idea of an exhibition called Photography Now, I suppose, is to put a full stop to those uh, memories, to that nostalgia, and to place it in a place where it should be, which is an emotional place, not a factual place. Nostalgia is something that informs everything that we do.
But it shouldn't really be informing our photographic practice in dealing with where we are today. We shouldn't be clinging to the wreckage of the past, pining for those good old days that perhaps weren't quite as good as we remember them. This year, it's been 40 years. I started when I was 18. 40 years of working with professional photography. And I've sure seen a lot of changes over that time. Of course, certain things haven't changed. The making of the image, the capturing time, the telling of the photographic story. But a lot of the engagement with photography has changed. We've been through all sorts of cameras leading us up to digital. Whatever people who believe in film may want to say or believe, we are going through the death throes of film. It's a little bit to me like the old jazzers. When jazz first came up, it was Dixieland jazz and it had banjos and all sorts of different instruments. And as it progressed towards bebop and modern jazz, those original jazzers said, but this isn't jazz. This isn't jazz anymore. It's not the jazz as we know it. It doesn't contain this. It doesn't have this. It's plugging in. That's not right. Surely that can't be jazz. Well, of course it can, because jazz evolved, just as rock music evolved, just as all contemporary creative practices evolve and develop. Photography is no different from that. And so for me, the themes that I'm identifying are the themes of the use of the smartphone, the idea of photography as a visual language, the idea of photography as being democratic, embracing what is now and seeing how can we take that forward rather than becoming hung up on what used to be. To me, that's more important. I don't really want to be clinging to the wreckage. I think I'd like to get my own lifeboat and make it work for me. This week, I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to her in less than five minutes, Mitra Tabrizian, who is an Iranian-British artist and filmmaker whose photographic work has been exhibited and published widely and represented in major international museums and public collections. Solo museum shows include Tate Britain in 2008 and the Venice Biennale Iranian Pavilion in 2015. She was awarded the Royal Academy's Rose Award for Photography in 2013 and selected as one of the 100 heroines celebrating women in photography today by the Royal Photographic Society in 2018. Her short film, The Insider, was made in collaboration with the Booker Prize winner, Ben Okri, and commissioned to accompany Albert Camus' The Outsider, adapted for the stage by Okri. Screenings of her film work include at the British Museum and the Smithsonian Institution, Washington. Tabrizian's latest photographic book, Off Screen, was published in 2019. Her critically acclaimed debut feature, Golam, was premiered in 2017 and is now available on the BFI Player, Amazon Prime and iTunes worldwide. Mitra is currently developing her second feature, The Far Mountains. Walter Benjamin, one of the greatest thinkers of 20th century, once said, 
the illiterate of the future will not be the man or the woman who cannot read the alphabet, but the one who cannot take a photograph. Abbasi Rastami, one of the most influential Iranian filmmakers and photographers who was known for experimenting with the boundaries between reality and fiction, also stated that, quote, I've often noticed that we are not able to look at what we have in front of us unless it's inside a frame. This insightful statement summarizes best for me the importance of photography. Thank you, Mitra, for your contribution this week. A short and sweet statement that really sums up, I think, a lot of what I was trying to say at the beginning there of the importance of photography today as to where we are. If you're not aware of her work, as always, check it out. And of course, look at her films, films being so important to any photographer, not only in the thinking, but also in the making. There's a big difference between nostalgia and history, and Mitra there talking about Walter Benjamin and made me think of something that I also wanted to share with you that was from the past but was about today. This was something written by Jack Kerouac, and I suppose in a way anybody of my age, uh, in your late 50s, um, when you were a teenager, you, you sort of, you read Salinger and you read Kerouac and Camus, and that idea of, of being seen as being clever, I suppose, was, was something to achieve. We certainly didn't spend every day in the gym, but we did spend quite a bit of time drinking black coffee, um, holding packets of uh, Gitan cigarettes and so forth. I never smoked, so I only ever held them. Um, and also carrying that all-important, uh, well-thumbed Penguin classic book by a classic writer. Well, anyway, uh, I came across in the last uh, week or so um, something that Kerouac wrote and entitled Jack Kerouac's Belief and Technique for Modern Prose in 30 Points. And although it's written and it's for writers, I think it's totally relevant to photographers. It is, of course, written in Kerouac uh, grammar, and so I'll try and read it to you the best I can, um, taking that on board. But I will also post this uh, on the page on unitednationsofphotography.com, where this week's episode is posted so that you can read it for yourself or maybe even copy it out. So let's kick this off, shall we, with number one. Scribbled secret notebooks and wild typewritten pages for your own joy. Number two, submissive to everything, open, listening. Number three, try never get drunk outside your own house. Number four, be in love with your life. Number five, something that you feel will find its own form. Six, be crazy, dumb saint of the mind. Seven, blow as deep as you want to blow. Eight, write what you want, bottomless from bottom of the mind. Nine, the unspeakable visions of the individual. Ten, no time for poetry, but exactly what is. Eleven, visionary ticks shivering in the chest. Twelve, entranced fixation, dreaming upon object before you. 13. Remove literary, grammatical and syntactical inhibition. 14. Like Proust, be an old tea head of time. 15. 
telling the true story of the world in interior monologue. 16. The dual centre of interest is the eye within the eye. 17. Write in recollection and amazement for yourself. 18. Work from pithy middle eye out, swimming in language sea. 19. Accept loss forever. 20. Believe in the holy contour of life. 21. Struggle to sketch the flow that already exists intact in mind. 22. Don't think of words when you stop, but to see picture better. 23. Keep track of every day the date emblazoned in your morning. 24. No fear or shame in the dignity of your experience, language and knowledge. 25. Write for the world to read and see your exact pictures of it. 26. Book movie is the movie in words, the visual American form. 27. In praise of character in the bleak, inhuman loneliness. 28. Composing wild, undisciplined, pure, coming in from under, crazier the better. 29. You're a genius all the time. And number 30, writer, director of earthly movies, sponsored and angeled in heaven. Back to the present and today, who knows what's happening on Twitter? It's still there, but it seems to be somewhat shaky in many aspects. And obviously, there's all sorts of political things going on. Anyway, I was talking earlier about the idea of getting a uh, a lifeboat to jump off the uh, the sinking ship and not end up clinging to the wreckage. I suppose that's also relevant to social media these days. I'm still finding it very difficult to get involved with Instagram in the way in which others seem to be able to do. Twitter has always been our central form of communication with the photographic community and the place where I find out about stuff that's going on. But despite this, we've um, started to appear on other platforms. So if you are on those other platforms, you might like to check us out. So where are we? Well, we are UN of Photo wherever we can be. So we are UN of Photo on Facebook, on Twitter, but also on Mastodon, on Vero, on Post, and also on Substack. And the Substack is connected directly to our monthly conversations with Bill Shapiro, that ongoing conversation. So you can sign up and you can get newsletters from us there. Now, the other thing you can also do is you can subscribe to unitednationsofphotography.com so that every time a new article or this podcast goes up on the website, you receive an email to let you know. On average, I suppose we post a couple, two, three, maybe articles a week that you may find interesting. And they kind of complement the kind of discussions and things we talk about on the podcast. So lots of ways for you to follow us. If you are going anti-Twitter, then why don't we uh, join up on a different platform? This is our last episode before Christmas. And uh, as always, at Christmas, we like to bring you something special, a little gift. And this year is no different. It will be an interview rather than the standard format of the uh, podcast with a photographer who's dealt with religion, 
myth, truth, what is true and what isn't true, perhaps false imagery, false storytelling, therefore somebody perfect for Christmas. So look out for that one. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's an extra long episode. And as I said, featuring an interview, a conversation with between myself and another photographer. That will go up the week just before Christmas. Then, of course, as we move into the new year, we'll get back to our old format with Bill Shapiro joining us in the first week of every month. Regular contributions from photographers telling us what photography means to them. And a special New Year's uh, Eve, New Year's special, really. uh, The kind of thing we do every year where we mark the photographers that we've lost in the past year. We look back on what has been and we try and work out what's coming. Earlier in this episode, we got some advice from Jack Kerouac. Well, why don't we now turn to a photographer for some photographic advice? I think there could be few photographers um, more influential than Tony Ray Jones. And these are his tips to himself, scribbled out in a notepad, Uh, obviously in the late uh, 1960s, early 1970s, I would say, before his untimely early death. Anyway, this is what Tony Ray Jones said, and the first one might uh, raise a smile amongst you who understand or know a little bit about Tony. But anyway, the first one was, be more aggressive, get more involved, stay with the subject matter, be patient, Take simpler pictures. See if everything in the background relates to the subject matter. Vary composition. Be aware of composition. Don't take boring pictures. Get in closer. Watch camera shake. Don't shoot too much. Not all eye level. It's been absolutely freezing in the shed recording this particular episode. So if you've heard the occasional click in the background, that will be the heater turning itself on and off when it thinks it's reached the correct uh, temperature. I can tell you, whatever it's reached, it's still really, really cold. Anyway, despite the weather... And despite everything else, uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. I hope you're feeling good too. As we come to the end of the year, and what a year it's been, uh, I hope you're able to look back and see some positivity and take some positivity from what's going on. We've got to look forward with a sense of adventure. It's really hard at present, I recognise that. And a lot of photographers in particular are finding life very, very tough, particularly from a financial perspective. And then that financial perspective obviously affects our creativity. I've spoken a lot about photographers going out and just having a walk with the camera and how that can be really good for your mental attitude, your mental state. Maybe that's something to do over Christmas. Whatever you choose to do, I hope you take care.